Hi, weather friends. Welcome to the Girls Who Chase podcast, stories of women in weather and storm chasing. I'm Jen. I'm a storm chaser and science communicator, and I'll be your host. Girls Who Chase is a new initiative that empowers and inspires girls and women around the world to pursue the sciences, the weather, and their passions. On this podcast, we'll bring you the badass female and female-identified voices of the storm-chasing weather and science community to raise and tackle some real-life tough questions and issues and identify solutions and paths forward. You can find out more about what we're doing at girlswhochase.com. Now, on to the show. In our inaugural episode, we lay the historical foundation for women in storm-chasing with Melanie Metz who, by her own words, was born to chase tornadoes. And honestly, with 20 years of storm chasing now under her belt and a track record that makes her one of the best chasers out there, I'm not inclined to disagree. Melanie has had a passion for storms since she was young and shares with us how she used to dream about tornadoes, even though she grew up in Arizona, which is better known for its epic lightning displays. She picked up photography in high school and then started chasing and photographing storms after college. You might recognize Melanie's name because she was a TV sensation for a bit. She and her longtime chase partner Peggy Willenberg starred on the reality show Twister Sisters, which aired on Women's Entertainment Network in 2007 and 2008. They also, for a time, worked as chasers for Fox 9 News in Minneapolis, taught Skyworn classes, and did many severe weather presentations for various audiences, including a girls in science presentation for Fox 9. Peggy has since retired, and Melanie has hit the road on her own, but she remains dedicated to encouraging women in chasing. She chatted with me about how she got to be one of the best chasers out there and some of the challenges that might lie ahead in shifting chaser culture around women in chasing. So talk to me about how you started to chase. What is your chasing origin story? How did you get started? Well, I started chasing storms pretty much as soon as I could drive. I remember when I was like six years old, pretty young, like living in Arizona, I would always dream about tornadoes. And I really don't know why, because I don't recall seeing any movies or, you know, anything that influenced me. In Arizona, we didn't get tornadoes. We had dust devils and lightning, and I loved watching the lightning. But for some reason, I always dreamt about tornadoes. And my recurring dream was actually kind of um, almost a nightmare, really, because I was always in a strange location and a tornado was coming for us, and I was trying to find shelter. Sometimes I was also trying to get my family to shelter as well. And usually I, I would only be able to find shelter at the very last minute and kind of get halfway into the shelter. Then the tornado would hit. And sometimes it would actually hit the building I was in and destroy it, but I would survive. So it was always kind of a scary dream. But for some reason, it just made me fascinated with severe weather and and in particular tornadoes. And so I really just, I can't even really remember why it just was. And as I got older, I continued to have that fascination with the severe weather in particular. And eventually in high school, I moved to Minnesota. And in Minnesota, we had severe weather, unlike in Arizona. So I actually got to see and experience 
a real supercell it, when the sky turns dark and green and the tornado sirens go off. We all run into the basement, but I wasn't that scared. Despite my dreams, I just wanted to run out and see the storm. So I, I always thought I was a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit off or a little different because back then we didn't have social media. We didn't even really use the internet yet. So I didn't really, I wasn't connected with anybody else interested in tornadoes or storms. And my friends weren't that into it, so they couldn't really relate to me. Um, but I just, I continued to just want to pursue learning more about storms, not only seeing them and seeing a tornado, which was my ultimate goal, but also to understand them. And I dreamt about learning the science of meteorology as well just to really know what was happening and understand the science behind the storm. Um, in, uh, in high school, I did actually learn some meteorology, but as soon as I could drive, I literally would just go out when storms were in my neighborhood or in, in my town rather, and try to see them. But I didn't know what I was doing, so I don't really call that chasing. It was more like storm spotting or watching. Uh, I really did want to see a tornado, but I wasn't quite sure how to make that happen. Um, and then I ended up in college and like doing a bunch of stuff. So I, I started majoring in meteorology and photography and aviation and chemistry and biology. So I, I had so many interests. I ended up with a chemistry degree, but also took some meteorology courses and learned how to forecast. And it wasn't until after college when I had time, because in college I was studying so much, I didn't party too much, just a little. Um, but when I oh. finally had had time to pursue my other passions outside of school and work, then I started to dive deeper into actually learning how to chase, because you can learn all you want behind the computer screen or reading a book, but when you get out in the field, it's just a completely different thing. So that's when I really started was after college. So around the year 2000, I actually ended up chasing with the Doppler and Wheels research team down in Oklahoma, of all things, for, for one of my first official storm chases, which was pretty exciting and a great way to learn about how to be out there in the field chasing storms. How'd you manage that? Um, <laughs> I guess it was luck. I feel like. You know, I had so much interest in storms and in weather and even in possibly still completing a meteorology degree. So I made some connections at this point. Now we had internet and email and all that stuff. So I, I started to meet other people out there who actually did like to chase storms. And of course, you know, the movie Twister brought us all together as well. Like, oh, wow, there's actually people researching this stuff that I love so much. Uh, so I just reached out um, and started connecting with other people who like to chase. And, and so what happened was my brother was living in Oklahoma City and I was going to go visit my brother for a week. So I contacted some professors at OU to actually visit the campus and their meteorology program and talk to them about possibly pursuing um, a master's degree in atmospheric science or something of the like, even though I hadn't quite finished a bachelor's in meteorology. Um, 
my bachelor's was in chemistry and biomedical science. So I ended up touring the campus at OU with some of the professors. And during that time, I met somebody who was part of the Doppler and Wheels research team. And this guy was one of the drivers for their research projects. I think at the time he was a graduate student there. So I asked him if I could tag along because they were deploying, they were going to deploy their vehicles or their, you know, their cars with all the equipment and the, the Doppler and wheels trucks. They were going to deploy that week that I happened to be in Oklahoma city. Like, I don't know if it was the next day or what it was. Um, so I just asked really, you know, I mean, I didn't really expect them to let me come along, but he talked to the professors and the people in charge of the group. And they allowed me to tag along by following my vehicle. They actually allowed one other person too. And I'm not sure how she ended up there, but there were two of us that they let just follow them around. And they let me join in on their forecast discussions and their debriefings and all that kind of stuff that they do. I just, honestly, it was like, I don't know. It was like being in a movie, you know? And it's something I'd never expected. And it was just a, an amazing opportunity. We ended up being on the road for four days and they ended up traveling the most amount of miles without seeing a tornado. They set their record. Although we did see a, what you'd call a bird fart tornado on the last day coming back to Oklahoma City. And I have pictures of it and there was debris on the ground, but it was one of those tiny little tornadoes. But Honestly, it was super exciting for me because that was my first actual like real tornado I ever saw, even though it didn't have the classic cone, you know, the condensation funnel, but there was debris almost right next to me just a little bit. It was pretty weak. And, uh, and honestly, my first thought when I saw it was, oh my gosh, where's shelter? And I was looking and there was a house like right next to me. And I seriously considered getting out of my car and running into the house to take shelter in the basement just because I was still so new. And even though I was following these experts, these researchers in the field, you know, I was still in my own vehicle and I didn't really exactly know what I should be doing in that moment because I was pretty close to that little touchdown. So it was pretty exciting, even though it wasn't the most photogenic tornado. Uh, but really just that experience, learning from top-notch researchers how to chase storms was kind of the best way I could start out, I think. Yeah, that's a hell of a send-off. Right there. So was the was the bird fart your first tornado officially? Yeah, that one. I, you know, it's funny when I think about my first tornado, I tend to forget about that one. But that was that was my first official actual tornado. You know, honestly, when people ask me these questions, like why, you know, why do you like storms or why do you chase? And I really feel I was just born with that draw and that desire and the dreams, how they started so early, just kind of confirms that for me. There are some people that have always dreamed about a singing career or becoming a doctor or whatever it is. Eventually I just came to accept that, you know, I just dreamed of being a tornado chaser and I want to, I mean the storm chaser, but honestly, for me, it was the tornado, the draw to the tornado that started it all. Just to kind of zero in a little more, what do you experience during a chase that you feel like keeps you coming back for more? Um, 
Well, when I'm chasing storms, I really feel the most alive. Uh, storms bring me energy and make me feel just super present and connected to the environment around me. It's really kind of one of those things where just being out in nature feels good. And being in a storm just makes me feel even better. I've been out chasing storms now for 20 years. Well, a little over 20 years officially. And I still am not tired of it. I don't think I ever will tire of it. I still feel that rush and I feel that energy and just that sense of being alive and here and present in that moment every single time. Well, in addition to just that feeling of being connected and energized and alive, um, it's just incredible, the incredible beauty of the storm and the sky. It's, you know, it's Mother Nature creating arts right in front of us that you just can't find anywhere else. And there's, I, I've learned over the years that I, I believe I'm a very visual person. I'm a very visual type of learner. And I didn't recognize this when I was younger, but I think that's what really draws me to the photography aspect of chasing storms. I've always loved photography. I've also been a photographer since high school. I mean, back in high school, I was shooting with film. I was in the dark room and I was one of the yearbook photographers, all that kind of stuff. So I started photography at a young age as well. And those two, photography and chasing storms, really just go hand in hand for me. My main goal with photography is to capture the best, the most beautiful photogenic structured storms and tornadoes and dynamic, colorful skies that I possibly can. So both of those things together just keep me coming back because really those are my passions, chasing storms and photography so i don't know i honestly just think that that's never going to end um i have taken some time away well, i wouldn't say time away but i have slowed down my chasing sometimes over the years because life happens we all have challenges to overcome we all have transitions in life and i was pretty hardcore there for a few years when i was chasing with peggy as the twister sisters and um, then around 2010, you know, Peggy and I, we had our, our time together and we started going our separate ways, but we still remained friends, of course. And um, that didn't change my desire to chase at all. I was still going to chase whenever I possibly could. But for a few years, I chased a little less just because I had some health issues I had to deal with. And I had a lot going on. I changed my career. And um, had other priorities in life, even though chasing was always something I wanted to do. And it was always something that would bring me joy, even in those times of struggle and feeling depression and, you know, having a hard time being out there in the fields and just standing in that storm, under the storm, just feeling the wind and just being present in that powerful atmosphere for some reason it just it just ignites me and makes me feel good and happy and alive <laughs> amen same <laughs> um 
what does being a girl who chases mean to you? Um, <laughs> it's an interesting question. Being a girl who chases, to me, um, it just means that, you know, we are capable of doing anything we want to do and following our dreams, no matter what it is. Um, I've never really felt any hesitancy towards chasing storms or getting involved with science just because I'm a woman or because I'm a female, even though it's a very male dominated field. Um, personally, I have never felt held back because of the fact that I am a woman, but I know that some, some people do. I know that some women feel like maybe they're not good enough, you know, to take on the math or the science to do meteorology. And I've heard this from people, um, over the years, sciences and, and definitely chasing storm chasing has been something that mostly men have done. And I know that's changing a lot now. I think a lot more women are getting out there and pursuing their passion. If it is chasing storms or whatever it might be, um, the world is changing in that regard. My dad, you know, he was, he encouraged me to just do whatever I wanted and, and encouraged me to have that confidence to go after my dreams. Um, he ended up having an accident when I was 16, but before that happened, he, one of the last things he said to me was you can do anything you want to do. And that really stuck with me. And eventually I just, you know, I think that allowed me to just follow my passion and like, whatever, I'm just going to go for it. And honestly, personally, sometimes I feel a little more awkward identifying as a woman, not in the gender sense, but in the sense of the role that we're expected to play as a woman in society, I should say, again, things are changing. But of course, in the older generations, we all know, you know, women were supposed to stay at home and take care of the kids, make dinner, you know, keep the house clean. And that really is a full-time job. And honestly, like that doesn't bother me either. That's somebody's choice. There's a lot there, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. So I honestly, all my life, I never felt like I really fit into that female stereotypical female role. And I always chose instead to you know, just pers actually hang out with the guys. Like they were doing more cool stuff. You know, guys were like playing with robots, transformers, and well, girls were playing house with their little dolls and stuff. And like that never interested me. So I kind of felt like the odd one out in some ways, but over the years, I've met plenty of other women like me. So, uh, you know, we could be anybody we want to be. We don't have to fit into this stereotypical role of how we're supposed to be as a woman. I mean, join the club, right? Like, that's why it, it is an interesting question that everyone, I think, has responded to a little bit differently because mm -hmm. it means different things to different people. And in some cases, it just literally means you're a girl who chases. And yeah. that's the end of the story, you know? But I think the hope is that over time, it won't have any meaning at all, right? It, in, at the end of the day, we're just storm chasers, we're not women who storm chase or women who are pretty good, 
storm chasers were just storm chasers. Just adding to the whole aspect of being a woman who chases storms and my experience with that over the years, I've always felt actually pretty well respected overall in the storm chasing community and by the men around me. I still feel I haven't had many issues with the, you know, things that the dynamics between men and women overall. I feel like, I'm, you know, it's just a fun community of people, men and women. Um, but I know I've heard stories of other women who have run into some issues. Um, the one thing though that I have noticed as I've gotten a little older and, and been um, getting more active again in the storm chasing community is that sometimes I feel like women are overlooked by some of the men out there. And not everyone, of course, but you know, I'm out there hanging out, talking with people before the storms fire and guys will pull up and just play like, completely ignore me and just walk past me and say hi to the other guy that I've been talking to, even though I'm trying to say hi. Um, and a lot of times, not a lot of times, but I think sometimes it's just assumed by some people that the women who are out there chasing are there with their boyfriend or with their husband. And it's not, they're not the ones who are actually taking the initiative and actually forecasting and actually capturing all this amazing video. Uh, so a lot of times I think that we're overlooked just subconsciously. I'm not blaming anybody for anything or guys for thinking this way. Again, I think it's a cultural thing and it's, we're conditioned in this way. Sometimes it feels like a boys club and, you know, it's all about how good their guy friends are doing, but the women out there, oh, they're just tagging along. And actually at that time, there was a man, a, a photographer along with me that day. And I think they assumed that he was the one chasing and I was just tagging along for the ride, but that wasn't the case. I was the one leading the way. And um, I think that's something new that for people to get used to. And this new society of ours, you know, women are just as strong as all the men out there leading and doing what we want to do. Um, and so, yeah, with that said, uh, there was a day in Minnesota when I was on the you know, Ashby, Minnesota, incredible tornado, like best tornado of a lifetime. And I captured some really great video tripoded video of this beautiful tornado and I met up with somebody after the chase and I was transferring video to do some video sales and as the video was transferring a couple other guys pulled up and once again they kind of just like shrugged me off and kind of ignored me and they were talking to Doug and talking to the other guys that were there like hey how's it going bro and Doug and like they were just all bonding and I'm trying to talk to them hey how's it going and they just kind of ignored me they're watching the video and they just automatically assumed it was Brad's video or Doug's video, but couldn't possibly, like, I felt like they were just like, they didn't want to even acknowledge it was mine when they, when Doug said, yeah, it's Melody's or I said, that's my video, you know? And it was like, oh, like they didn't seem to care. They were like so excited because it was such a great video, but, but, you know, how could it be mine, you know, out of all the great like guys that were there? And I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm bitter because I'm not, but it's a couple of times I have noticed just that feeling of that boys club aspect of chasing. 
So it is, it is fun to be connecting with more women and to have kind of a girls club, even though I don't, you know, like you said, like we can all, we're all chasers. And at the end of the day, we're all doing what we love. And it's great to share that passion with everyone and anyone who enjoys it. Hopefully, you know, someday we can have that, that mutual respect, whether it's a man or a woman, you know, we can all succeed and, and have a great time out there together. Chase these storms. It's, it, you know, you might have noticed my facial expressions during some of those stories. Um, and it's because I've experienced the same thing. Um, and so have other folks. I mean, I've already in my short time chasing been in multiple instances where I forecasted and picked a target and my compatriot was patted on the back for his um, valiant efforts in... <laughs> leading the chase and it gets old after a while and I, I think that's why you know like like you said um we're not necessarily tackling the same scenario that we might be in um academia or the sciences but there is definitely some cultural expectations that that we're battling here and I, I think that was one of the major drivers for creating Girls Who Chase is because we have to be able to talk about these things out loud and call them out when they're happening. It's not going to change everybody's behavior, but I think the first step is is awareness to begin yeah. with, um, as well as just frankly being damn good, right? Yeah. Like, that was your video. <laughs> so... You do deserve to be recognized for it. And um, if it takes a girls club, uh, however long it lasts to bring this to light and, you know, have these conversations out loud, then, then so be it. To where, you know, down the road, we can look forward to everyone assuming we got there because we're good, not because someone else got us there. Um, and that we're equally as capable of doing these kinds of, you know, badass adrenaline fueled activities as the guys. I mean, that, that's really the point. Yeah. <laughs> so, and frankly, um, after the kind of year that you've had, I'd be surprised if that hadn't shifted somewhat. Cause I think we can all agree <laughs> that you kicked everybody's butt in 2021. So hey. there is that. <laughs> I have heard of some others who pretty close to the same tornado count that I had, but <laughs> it was a good year. And it was um, my second year of getting back out there. I, I don't want to say full time, but um, a lot more during the season than I did in previous years for, for a little while, because again, of my other stuff going on in life. So, uh, yeah, it was fun to have a good year this year when I had the time and opportunity to be out on the road as much as I possibly could be. Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta be out there in order to see something, but also, you know, everything comes into play, the forecasting and the timing and positioning and the experience of being able to read the sky and the storm. So, I feel like this year was kind of a, you know, it's a, it culmination, culmination of all my years of chasing coming together and me being out there by myself this time. Um, we were talking about 
my success this year with chasing and capturing all these tornadoes. Um, some people have been calling me the tornado queen <laughs> and the tornado whisperer, and it's fun. I mean, of course, I'm not going to claim any of those roles, and I think there's a lot of great chasers out there. Um, and it is kind of interesting, you know, it's another interesting aspect of being a woman and, and being the like center of attention or taking that stand and being like, you know, I am good and I am the leader and I am, um, the best. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm the best. There's a lot of great chasers, but one of the best out there and it's, it's not luck. Some people say, oh, you're a lucky girl. I'm not lucky. This took a lot of years you know, a lot of education and a lot of experience to get to where I'm at today. And um, so it is, it does feel great that people are recognizing that I'm good and that, you know, I am um, accomplishing what I am out there in the chasing world. So it feels good. And, and at the same time, it feels a little weird, like, being in the spotlight, you know, and I don't want to claim anything or I don't, I don't like part of me wants to crawl back into that role of like, no, I'm not as good as you or, you know, like, I'm not going to take the credit for it because, you know, it's just like that, I don't know, the self-worth or the confidence and the self-value that I think a lot of women struggle with. and. Um, also like when we do, um, when, when women are confident and strong and put themselves out there, um, a lot of times I feel like we get looked, looked at like we're, I don't know, maybe in a more negative light than men who are out there taking the lead. You know, like I always, I definitely see a lot more men who, who own it. I think that's the right word. Just own it, like own their strengths and they really show it up and like, Hey, look at me. I'm great. I can do this. And, and you know what? It brings them a lot of success as far as like in the business world and things like that. And <clears throat> I just started to take a closer look and examine that more about myself and like, why is it that I don't want to accept that I am, you know, one of the best chasers out there right now, you know, look at my portfolio and you know what I've done and it's, I've accomplished a lot and yet I don't always feel like I want to own it or, you know, I, I am not always as confident or feel like I am the best, you know, that might surprise people, but I, I don't, I don't always feel that way. You know, some days I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. This is great. I'm accomplishing what I set out to do. But then part of me is like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know. I'm not any good. And look at, you know, I like all these other people out there who are so good. Part of that also is just getting older too, you know, going through that, those life lessons also. And I happen to be a storm chaser. So I'm learning more about that role and about who I am and what my strengths are and stepping into my own self-worth as I get a little older and learn a little more about life too. I mean, it, it, this is an important, like critically important topic to bring up. And I think you're the perfect person to, to bring it up because of your success recently. 
Um, and, and it's come up in, in several conversations on social media. And that's that, that's that sort of cultural training, if you will, of why is it so much more difficult for us to celebrate our successes and, um, like you said, own it in a lot of ways, in a way that feels authentic, right? Where we're not sort of like, oh yeah, I guess I did see the most tornadoes of anyone this year, but I mean, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and, and then, but if you were to flip that and then say, you know what, you're right. I did see the most tornadoes this year and I'm a badass. There's always going to be this feeling of, am I too much? Am I taking up too much space? Am I stepping too far forward? Um, am I, do I sound like I'm bragging where I don't feel like necessarily our colleagues over there are asking themselves that same question. And, you know, looking at all of these different in intricacies of cultural training and expectations is part of why we're here because maybe it's the fact that we think we should be quieter about our success that has also contributed to the fact that culture doesn't see women as storm chasers, for example, right? And I'm not saying it's you or any one of us who are necessarily doing that. It's this sort of collective cultural training and expectation that we all have. And right. of course you deserve to celebrate and own the success that you've had. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Being able to support each other as women in this field, it's, it's awesome. You know, when, as we're talking about this, there's one other thing that comes to mind that has also frustrated me recently, actually. Um, how men, even men that are friends, say things like, oh, she's only getting a lot of likes because she's pretty. And they're frustrated with women on the internet because they think women get a bigger following and get more attention for their incredible photographs or videos because they're pretty. And, and it's, uh, I just had a conversation with someone about this, but I didn't, you know, I definitely stood up for myself and it was, but at the same time, I don't think they got it. It was like, you know, I mean, I worked hard at what I'm doing. I'm not just like showing off my boobs and then posting a random picture here and there. I have been putting a huge amount of time and energy into my social media platforms into my photography, most of all, first and foremost, after, of course, being on the road chasing, you know, the photography and the video, having the right equipment, my editing process and my exposure. And I, I actually have a marketing campaign, you know, a little bit of a marketing campaign here and there. Like I'm working hard at establishing my platform and my foundation, you know, doing what I love. And it's not because I'm pretty that I have grown my platforms and, and I don't feel that way. I don't feel like the people following me or liking my stuff are there because they think I'm pretty. That isn't an issue for me. I don't get like, I don't get random, you know, maybe once in a great while somebody says, oh, you're beautiful. But you know, it's like, I don't get any kind of weird stuff 
from people. I just get people who are there because they like my work and they like my art and my videos. And that's why they're there. Well, and the irony is that, so I'm putting together a promotion video right now for Girls Who Chase, and I'm having a hard time getting video footage from other women who are chasing because we're all taking footage and photos of storms. We're not actually even, the, the we don't have enough photos of ourselves doing it. So like, that's so the opposite of the focus, I think, of the majority of us for that to even be an assumption. And again, that's another one of those cultural elements that has to be battled. And so, you know, kudos to you for stepping forward and, and pushing back. So we've talked quite a bit about women in chasing, but the re there are a lot of reasons that I wanted to talk to you, but a big one is that you're one of the few women I know who really have been chasing for a long time. So I wanted to talk about the foundation a little bit of women in chasing, like to your knowledge, when were women chasing, um, you know, what's the history behind that? What's your experience been, I guess, as there's been an evolution over time? Um, like what have those changes look like or have there been, et cetera? So talk to me about the history of women in chasing. Well, as far as, uh, Women in chasing. Back in the earlier days of chasing, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there were women out there chasing before I was, but you know, I was, like I said, started officially in the year 2000, roughly. Um, and so when I started chasing in the early 2000s, along with Peggy, um, you know, it was, it was different, first of all, because we didn't have social media and so I on it like you couldn't really get a good feel of who else might be out there interested in chasing or like thinking about it or going out once in a while um being on the road chasing and going to conferences um Peggy and I did actually do several presentations and public speaking events related to severe weather so we did get out there and um into the research community and get you know connected with all those people as well. So through that, I kind of got more of a feel of what other women were out there um, chasing and in the meteorology community. But but I definitely personally can recall not a lot of women. I mean, that's kind of general, but very few women um, at the conferences and that I'd meet out on the road. Um, I... Like I recall meeting Catherine Petrowski early on, Jeff Petrowski's wife, because they've been out there chasing together for quite a long time. And it was really fun for Peggy and I to connect with Catherine at one of the conferences. And she, you know, she truly is passionate about weather and really enjoys chasing. I do remember a couple other women at these conferences um, early on. And but it was more in passing that we said hi, so that's why I just can't remember as many details. But there were definitely a handful of women at at these events. Um, but really, 
nobody that was out there really putting themselves out there in the way that Peggy and I were. I mean, of course, Catherine with Jeff, you know, you know, they're already established in the community. Um, but again, it was just that kind of, I think the women who were out there were a little quieter and not really saying, Hey, you know, look at me. I'm a woman chasing storms. But, um, what I think is interesting is that Peggy and I ended up in a position to, I don't want to say be leaders, but in a way kind of lead the way for other women in storm chasing because the media liked us. And this is kind of an interesting thing about being a woman out there chasing storms when there were mostly men at the time. I think we did stand out a little bit more. We were two blonde women and you know, the media is attracted to like different things and, you know, somebody who stands out. Peggy and I, we actually did have some incredible tornado footage, right? This tornado developed right in front of us. As we were driving up to it, it just touched down right in front of us in 2003 in Searles, Minnesota. And it was really amazing footage. So that is what got us the attention to begin with in the media world. The new local news wanted to talk to us about that tornado. And then Good Morning America flew us out to New York to be on New uh, Good Morning America the next day to talk about that tornado. So it was the tornado and it was our efforts and our work that got our foot in the door as far as the media world goes. But then once we were in there, I think people were attracted to the fact that we were these two strong women with a strong science base chasing tornadoes in this field where it was mostly men. And um, so different opportunities kept coming our way. We didn't try to do anything. We didn't try to get involved with documentaries or end up having the TV show, The Twister Sisters. All those things came to us. But what I, I love is that in the end, all this stuff that Peggy and I did as the Twister Sisters and being in the media and having these shows and our public speaking events, I, I feel the most rewarding thing has been that I have heard from many people from over the years that tell me I inspired them and I helped them uh, feel motivated to pursue their passion for weather and their passion to learn and to get out there and chase storms or get a meteorology degree. I had no idea that was happening. So, um, yeah, the fact that Peggy and I ended up having all these opportunities to be in the media and to be, um, have exposure and to be seen in the world before we had social media to do that, uh, we ended up just inadvertently inspiring others and inspiring other females and other women to get out there and do do it do it too to chase storms and to enter the world of meteorology that really makes me feel so good it's not something it was never my goal um i want to say you know i would definitely i definitely love to inspire other women but it honestly was never like in my head it wasn't something i was striving to do in the end, it was just following my own passion and my own dreams, along with another woman that we just happened to connect and really get along well. 
we ended up together paving the way for other women into the storm chasing world. And that's something that really makes me feel emotional when I hear people telling me about how I impacted them just by being out there and doing what I love. Just reminds me that, you know, um, you never know who else you're impacting her, who you're affecting in the world around you. So just follow, just follow your path and follow your dreams. And just by doing that, you're going to set an example for other people and help other people to find their way as well. So back in the earlier years, the early 2000s, I only remember a handful of women out there chasing and only a couple of whom were really, um, noticed, I guess. And there were even, it was the same for meteorologists. I go to conferences that were more science-based and most of the presenters, most of the meteorologists were men. So to be a woman speaking at these conferences was pretty rare back then. Peggy and I were speakers and maybe there'd be like one other woman speaker for the whole conference. And over the years, um, it has definitely it has definitely changed. I think in general, the role for women is changing and more women are taking a lead and stepping up to pave the way and, um, and to enter these fields where that have traditionally been more male dominated science in general. You know, I was a chemist. It was the same way. There weren't as many women as men in the chemistry field. So nowadays I think we're seeing a lot more Women who are out there as meteorologists, not only on-air meteorologists, but also working at the National Weather Service and in other places as well. And in the storm chasing community, for sure, there's a lot more women. That was one fun thing that um, I'm, I'm really enjoying as I re-enter the storm chasing community. It was really fun to see that all these women were out there now chasing and, and putting their work out there, not just chasing but owning it, right? And like, hey, look, look at what I'm doing. And really, it's it's fun to see, but it really, it still is. Uh, women still are, I would say, a minority. It seems like it seems like in the storm chasing world, men are still getting more attention. There's still um, appears that there's more men out there. But again, I don't know if it's just because they're most of the women are a little more quiet and not really putting themselves out there as much. Um, I know there's a handful of women who are very active and really sharing their work and are pretty well known in the storm chasing community. And I, I think it's great. And I hope that more women can step up and own it and be like, Hey, I'm a great chaser and look at all these great photos. And I am seeing that happen more and more. Obviously, I'm getting older and there's the whole new generation of women coming into the field, you know, who are a lot younger than me. But it's, uh, it's fun to connect with like people like you two who are closer to my age, at least a little bit. And I yeah, I'm probably about the same age, actually. <laughs> Based on your discussion about when you graduated, I think we're very close in age. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you, you asked me before if there were any female-led storm-chasing tour groups. And because we don't, like when we see all the tour groups out there, I mean, there are definitely, if you look at their staff, you know, you'll find tour groups that have women on their staff. 
as maybe a guide or whatever it is, but there is someone um, who leads these female tours and yet we don't think of it because she doesn't market herself and she doesn't really put herself out there as much. So she's not quite as well known in the community, but I think there's a lot of that going on. You know, a lot of women just maybe a little bit more under the radar than, and that's fine too. Like we don't all have to be social and like, you know, outgoing. I certainly am not really, I'm pretty introverted, but the past couple of years, I was like, I'm going to own it. I'm just going to go out there and show the world (laughs) what I can do. So I'm kind of in that place in my life too. And I bet if I was like 25 or 30, I probably wouldn't be quite at that place right now, but I'm getting older. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's a, definitely comes with age is you just kind of stop caring. (laughs) at some point there are other things that are more important yeah sure um what would you say and this is another big one what would you say the best life lesson has been that chasing has taught you the biggest life lesson that storm chasing has taught me is to just follow your dreams and be present in the moment and see where life takes you. I know it's simple, but for me, that's my life lesson. I mean, chasing, so chasing, chasing storms is something that I questioned myself about a lot when I was younger. And my desire to chase storms, this makes me emotional actually, because I thought I was just dumb. <laughs> like, I thought, like what, what value is there in chasing a storm? You know, like what value is there? Why do I want to do it? Like, why should I do it? Because especially at the time, like I didn't know anybody else who thought it was that interesting. So I, I, I held myself back a lot and I, I didn't even like to tell people that I liked storms or I wanted to chase storms when I was young because I thought it was weird and like there was no value in it because I'm supposed to go to college and, you know, go get a job and all that stuff. And, um, but luckily I listened to that calling. I listened to my desire, even though it was strange and different from anybody else I knew. And I continued to follow that path. And it has brought me on just so many incredible journeys. And I mean, so many things I would have never planned or expected or Oh, I have so many experiences that really is what makes life life is to have those experiences, to be on that journey. And, you know, not to mention all the amazing people and friendships that have formed over the years throughout my chasing journeys. Um, yeah, I even, I even ended up dating somebody in Nebraska for a while, somebody that I met through the chasing life. It wasn't a chaser, but somebody 
in a town in Nebraska that was hit by a tornado. <laughs> so it's just, uh, you never know. You never know. Or, you never know <laughs> where your path will lead you. But it's, it's an adventure. And you just follow your heart, follow your dreams. You won't regret it. Um, what tips, if any, do you have for other female chasers in particular that you think would be useful to share? Well, I think one of the most useful things you can do as a chaser or wanting to get involved with chasing is to connect with other chasers. I think it's important to just be part of a community in the storm chasing world. If you're new to chasing or have been chasing for a while, it's really great to just connect with other women in the field, like all the girls who chase, right? <laughs> and follow, follow girls who chase, actually, because that's where a lot of other women are that you can uh, connect with. And I think it's just important to, to connect, to learn from each other, to share experiences, and to support each other in whatever way that we can. Hopefully, um, you know, we can all, as some people say these days, we can all rise together as women out there chasing storms. Um, so last and final question is where can people find you on social media? Oh, <laughs> this is an easy one. Okay. <laughs> I wish that I was like Pecos Hank. It could say just Google tornado. Just Google tornado. Just Google Maybe tornado. Now you and might be a lot closer. <laughs> but my actual social media handle, or yeah, Melanie Matt's Storm Chasing, mostly. You'll find me on Facebook at Melanie Matt's Storm Chasing, Instagram, Melanie Matt's Storm Chasing, my website, Melanie Matt's Storm Chasing. Twitter is the only one that's different because it's a shorter handle. So Twitter is at Mets Storm Media. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time today and for sharing all of the wonderful insight and information, especially the, the history of how we got here. I think this is going to be incredibly valuable to a lot of people. Thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate what you're doing and how you're bringing together all of us women and girls out there who are chasing storms. It's a great initiative and I just enjoy being part of the community and I'm excited to see where it goes. Thank you so much for taking the lead on this. Today's episode was recorded and edited by me, Jen Walton. Our music is by storm chaser Lori Bailey in collaboration with artist Inez Lobo. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us at Girls Who Chase on Instagram and Twitter to hear about our upcoming events and see storm photos and videos from our badass contributors. You can support this initiative by donating or by becoming a Patreon member, where you'll get exclusive access to storm chasing content, forecasting information, and merchandise. You can find links to all of these at girlswhochase.com and in the show notes. Signing off for now, we'll see you under a mezzo.